Good morning. How are we doing? Good, good to see you this morning. Happy New Year's. It's like 2023. Here we go. Well, this morning I thought we'd explore a little bit about how we can make this next year a, a, a good year, right? And so on Monday of this last week, I Googled what would make this year the best year ever, right? That's all I put in. <laughs> like this is just totally off the internet. Nothing biblical about this at all, right? Just off the internet. Came up with 10 things. I'm going to give you the top five because we don't want to be here all day. All right. The first one's this detox. Before you do anything else, it might be a good idea to start the year with a clean slate by detoxing. Like it's likely you overindulge throughout Christmas and the new year. So consider cutting back on unhealthy foods in January. Anybody in on that? Like, I'm in, right? Let's do this. <laughs> Number two, get organized. Like, it's not good to miss birthdays, appointments. It's not good to forget to go to the grocery store and you have no food. A little order can go a long ways. Number three, get on top of your finances. Like, you knew that one was coming, right? Money troubles can cause a serious downer in the whole year. Did you know 80% of people regularly worry about money in their day-to-day -day lives? 80%. Number four, think positively. This one gets a bad rap because of those that, that, that take it too far, but I just think if you begin to think differently, if you begin to think biblically, uh, just more on the positive side of things, then life just goes a whole lot better. And then the last one is uh, ditch advice. Like just pick one, right? Preferably like the worst one and just try to give it up and then make sure you tell as many people as possible that, that you're trying to kick it, right? So that they can hold you accountable to whatever advice you're trying to get rid of. And when you have somebody that's accountable, don't make it like your spouse, right? Like my wife, can you hold me accountable to this? No. Nope. Right, because that's like a lose-lose right there. If I hold her accountable, she's mad. And if I don't hold her accountable, she's mad. Just like a lose-lose right there. Right? Yeah, true. I, I, I just believe that God has some good things in store for us in the year 2023. I don't know about you, but, but I'm looking forward to this next year. I'm expecting it to be one of the better years. So today we're going to look at a few verses in Revelation 21. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Revelation 21. And you're probably thinking, that's a weird chapter for a New Year's Day message. Well, you have a weird pastor, so that's just the way it works, right? Here we go, Revelation 21. Some people say the book's a little scary, a lot of weird stuff going on in the book of Revelation, but really it has a happy ending, right? We know everything's going to work out in the end, and we're going to live life forever in a pretty cool city with the air filled with beautiful music and the scenery that's pretty great, right? Sounds like good news to me. Book of Revelation, it's about John's vision about the future, 
But at the same time, the futuristic symbolism also reflects some present-day realities. It tells us about the future, but also tells us how we can live today. So this chapter teaches us today about priorities, about praise, about perseverance. Revelation 21 is a glimpse of the future, and it takes place after the final judgment. And John writes this in the first four verses of chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold... The dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. No more death, no more sorrows, no more tears, no more pain. Sounds okay to me. What about you? God gives us a glimpse of the future to help us to know how to live today. This passage in Revelation shows us what's in store for those that are Christ followers. And for me, as I think about this next year, it helps me to live with hope and with determination. So as we begin this new year, I think these verses give us us just some things to consider. Some things that we can consider that we can build our lives upon. Go ahead and take your note sheets out and follow along with me this morning. The first thing is this, is that he can make everything new. Verse 5, chapter 21. And, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold... I am making all things new. Right? That's the power of God. He he can restore that which has been damaged. Even that which has been damaged beyond repair. Just like that someday he will create a new heaven and a new earth for his people, he can create a new situation for you today. Right, he, he can give you a new goal, a new hope. It's what David asked for when he realized that his heart was damaged beyond repair. He knew he could not fix it or save himself. And so he prayed in Psalm 51.10, create me a clean heart, O God. Right, renew a right spirit within me. And David felt like it wasn't enough if God simply just cleaned up his heart. No, 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 he prayed what? God, create which indicates that he needed a new heart from God, right? A clean heart. The word create here, he's asking nothing less than a miracle. It's a term for what God can do and only God can do. And this is what God promises his people in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. He says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Right? This is spiritual transformation promised in the new covenant. And it's instead of the law working from the outside in, God promises a new heart to work from the inside out. 
You need something made new in your life today? Need a new heart? Need new purpose? Need new self? We serve a God who makes everything new. That means you and me. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.17. I like this verse. Kind of made it our church verse. Right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And here Paul is teaching us this great principle of regeneration. Jesus Christ changes those who come to him by faith and, and, and those that are in Christ. Right? The saved are not just forgiven. They're changed into a what? A new creation. Stores that we shop in oftentimes try to be new and improved, right? They overhaul their, they overhaul their inventory and they restructure pricing and, and payment plans. They advertise like crazy to let you know the changes. And really what they're saying is this. Really what they're saying is whatever your impression of us is, you need to come into our store and you need to get reacquainted with us because everything we do now is, is new. It's different. Here's my prayer for our church for this next year. I'm praying that God will do something new here. I'm praying that he'll create new life. I'm praying that he'll build new relationships. I'm praying that he'll open new doors. Give us a new future. There's a second thing that you need to consider today when God makes everything new. He does it in such a way that he will quench your thirst. Number two on your outline. Listen to what he says in verse 6. It is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Right? God promises a life of deep and abiding satisfaction. It's a promise that God made again and again throughout Scripture. It goes as far back as Isaiah. Isaiah 55, 12. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for which is not bread and your labor for which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. What's Isaiah saying? Isaiah is saying this. He's saying that life without God is like eating food that doesn't taste good, doesn't make you full, doesn't provide nourishment. He's saying that life with God is like enjoying the finest food you could ever imagine. Right? I'm thinking Dr. Pepper ding-dongs, right? <laughs> right? That's not you. Really? Right? Jesus makes the same comparison when he spoke to the woman at the well in Samaria. He said anyone who drinks this water, he's referring to natural water in other words. Right? Life without God. John 4, verses 13 and 14. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him spring of water welling up to eternal life. Right? Jesus knew that this woman 
and everyone in the village had come to the well daily to satisfy their natural thirst. And Jesus uses thirst as a picture of the spiritual need and longing that everybody has. So Jesus makes this amazing offer to her. He says to this woman and anybody else who would drink, what well, was something to give lasting satisfaction? And the key is to drink of the water that Jesus gives. And in another place it says that when Jesus was eating at the festival, he stood and he said in a loud voice in John 7, 37, 38, he said, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So what Jesus said right here was of great importance. It was important because of where he said it, right? Standing in the temple courts. It was important uh, because of when he said it. At the last day of the tabernacles after water had been poured out on previous days. And it was important uh, because of how he said it. Crying out, even shouting. In contrast to the general tone of his ministry, right? Isaiah 42, 2, he will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Right? The celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles emphasized how God provided water for Israel in the wilderness on their way to Canaan. And Jesus boldly called people to himself to drink and satisfy their deepest thirst, right? Their spiritual thirst. Do you know what it's like to be thirsty? I remember I played high school football. Okay, well, maybe I didn't actually play. <laughs> but I did practice, right? And, and I remember practice started in August, right? We had, we had two practices in one day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And back then, coaches wouldn't let us drink water during practice, right? It's like, man up, dude. You don't need to drink water. What's wrong with you? And when practice was over, I remember everybody lined up at the cooler to get a drink. And I got to tell you, after a grueling practice, that water was good stuff. Right? Do you remember the last time you were really thirsty? And what that water tasted like? Right? It's pretty awesome, huh? This is how the Bible describes the life that God promises his people and even though we all have problems and we have trials and we have setbacks right there will be battles to fight and obstacles to overcome in the midst of it all your thirst will be quenched in the middle of the ups and downs of life you will experience satisfaction beyond compare it will be like living water from your heart God is out to create something new in your life, something that satisfies you, the deepest part of your soul. All right, there's a third thing for us to see this morning. God's promise means that he will make it all worthwhile. Right, verse 7, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and, and he will be my son. Right, those that overcome by faith in Jesus, 
and enjoy this special relationship with God. I will be his God and he shall be my son, right? This is why it pays to persevere. Do you know how to overcome? You don't quit, that's how. You, you never give up. You persevere till the end. And in this life, you may lose some battles along the way, but the only way to win the war is to stay in the battle to the very end. Read this book on teamwork a while, a long time ago. Talked about this principle of the price tag. We fail to reach the goal when we fail to what? Pay the price. People who quit don't give up at the bottom of the mountain. Right? Where do they give up? Halfway up? 75% way up? Right? It's the easiest time to quit, but it's also the worst time. Halfway up the mountain or halfway through a project after the initial adrenaline rush takes place and it's worn off and the challenges are now staring you in the face, it's tempting to bail, right? It's tempting to throw in the towel. Here's my challenge for you today. Don't give up. Right? Don't throw in the towel. If there's one thing we learn from Revelation 21, it's worth sticking around through the tough times. Because the one who overcomes will have an awesome heritage. We'll be sons and daughters of God. And I know it's been a year. But we have 2023 ahead of us. And as we begin this new year together, let's look to God in expectation to create new things among us. Let's look to him knowing that he will satisfy our deepest longings. And let's commit now to stay faithful to him until the end. Knowing that when we overcome, we would be blessed with an inheritance that I got to tell you this morning, it's pretty awesome. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. And God, for those that are here today that have had a tough year, I just want to pray for you. God, thank you for helping us to make it through this difficult year. Thank you that you carried us through the uncertainties of deep waters, through the flames of, of trials, and through the pain of loss. And God, we are constantly aware of how much we need you, how much we need your grace and your strength and your power to help us get it of days. God, would you help us to keep our focus on you this next year? Now I just want to pray for 2023. Just pray for our church and pray for you individually that we will overcome and persevere. us to fix our eyes on you. There are so many distracting voices that scream for our attention. God, would you help us to, to just put those aside and, and just to focus in on your voice. Help us to make room for you this year, to make time for you this year. We ask for your wisdom and for your strength and, and strength and 